0: You're I'm just going to say before the uh, disclaimer that I always tut. There's a tut at the beginning of every one of these because when I press record in the software and then go to click the disclaimer, the whole screen shifts up and I miss it every time. But
1: I, I just thought you were you were, you were were just sort of tussing it, me or the listeners.
0: <laughs> no, let's have the disclaimer. You're listening to the Beat Motel Zine podcast and we need to warn you that we use words like shit, <laughs> boxers, <botics, laughs> scrotics, fuck anarcho-syndicalist, and cunt, and we don't normally beat those words out, apart from the word cunt, because we're not total animals. Now we know, as well as you, that your children can hear these words on any street in Britain, possibly any street anywhere in the world, but we also appreciate that you may not want to invite these words into your home if you have children or sensitive pets nearby whilst listening to this podcast, so listener discretion is advised. That being said, if your children aren't allergic to hearing words like fr- Shit, buttocks or hind penis, they might learn something from listening to this podcast although probably not because the quality of our educational content is quite poor so there you go fuckers buckle in and let's get started hello this
1: is a good hello, Sam. To, a, to a sound podcast
0: it is isn't it kind of a visual gags always always works well on a on a podcast oh <laughs> no yes. i, I cough i'm gonna try and cough right Hello. hello
1: how are you I'm fine. How are you? A bit under the weather still.
0: Eh, I'm ill. But, you know, it comes with the glory of being
1: me. Well, I'm I'm cold, so it comes with You're the glory cold. of living in... It's, yeah. I, I, How cold? <clears throat> well, my discovery today is fake, sh- fake lining, whatever this is supposed to be, is nowhere, nowhere good as thin merino wool. Um as and just like a like an underlayer underneath your thick coat when it's minus temperatures.
0: I, I, I bought a Merino base there years ago, and it's never been cold enough in the UK to wear it. I could go out wearing just that in minus figures, and it'd still be too hot. It's, just, I have, it's remarkable.
1: I have a... a well, I've I got um, a Merino uh, uh, hoodie, and uh, oh. it was... Uh, Uh, and it's just ended up being my go-to, and it's ridiculously thin.
0: I really like the sound of that.
1: Until until it was like minus 10 by itself, that T-shirt and a a big overcoat, it traps in the air really well. It's incredible.
0: Problem is because I I walk everywhere. As soon as I start walking, I'm just too too hot, so I only wear, I've got like a, a really, this base layer is amazing. It's only, I don't know what it is, sports fabric, but it's really, really long goes right past my pants it's amazing Poly- polyester it's uh well I'm, i've not started any fires by kind of brushing things past things in it but it, it could well be anyway you're, <laughs> you're listening to beat motel which is two old men talking about staying warm
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure,
0: let, let's go for your riff of the week sam
1: Oh well, I don't wanna... that was not my riff of the week
0: Amazing's that. How did you discover that? Because that when I when I took the clip, it's hardly got any views on YouTube.
1: Yeah, well, so there's a band called. It's, it's from the band Gitsum, who are members, or at least one or two members of Planes Mistaken for Stars. All um, oh, right, Blimey,
0: <laughs> that's a different sound.
1: Yeah, and this is the first time they've done in like, oh, so like ten years, and they 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 started out as like a side project I think when um and they've got a new drummer and so I was just looking I was just weirdly I was just looking them up I love their second album their second album is a fucking just brilliant album um in this sort of chaotic garage rock um garage punk sort of style I really 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 like the delivery of the front man but I also love this sort of unwieldy guitar that's sort of throughout the entire thing and um Yeah, I was just looking them up again the other day and they happen to have a new album out. So I just thought I'd use the rest of the week to shout out their new album because it's great and it's really cool to have them back because I thought they were one of these bands that were, you know, sort of just dead and buried um, with no one noticing them. And it's really cool that they're back and playing and recording. 129
0: views that song had on YouTube. 129. They've got like 17 subscribers on YouTube. Unless that channel's brand new. That, that I think really it might reminded be brand me. New year. Do you remember Ghost of a Thousand? Yeah, yeah. Similar sort of vibe to that. That that really aggressive. I really mm. want to be in a band like this. I really, I really want to want to be in a sort of a hardcore band that's doing really interesting things.
1: But I, yeah, like, I, I mean, I know where you're coming from, but it's the whole thing is sold on the front man. I can't get over mm. that. You can no, do yeah. as much brilliant music as you want, but if you don't have that front man who who sells it um i have i have got someone a,
0: well, a friend of mine called Callis, who i work with has been been in hardcore bands not a million miles away from that and he, he's unignorable hello dan if you're listening to this
1: You're unignorable um, is that a uh,
0: yeah no god absolutely I, I, I absolutely love the man i think he's brilliant i, I he's always asking to join join instrumental bands <laughs> like this thing of saying to instrumental bands look you need a singer <laughs> you need somebody to sing for you he's offered to sing for these or any times
1: i remember i uh, can't remember who i saw one of the first gigs i saw with my friend al who's featured on the podcast twice now um the first gigs i went to see with him it was this sort of instrumental riff based metal band and i just remember thinking they're just doing four of the same riff and then changing the riff why don't they just get a
0: singer? They need a the singer. <laughs> Apparently, Pelican intended to have a singer when they started. They just never quite got round to quite right well, round to that. There is a variation of Pelican called Canute, uh, where they have a singer.
1: Um, there's a few. Uh, there's a few things. Few bands that. Um, they get their singers, you know, like Les Claypool, I think apparently he never really wanted to be the singer, but he just did it because they couldn't find everybody else to do it. I think I think it's similar for James Hetfield or something in Metallica. Oh, really?
0: Right, let's have for my Riff of the Week. Now, again, second, second episode in a row. This is more like Earworm of the Week. When I first heard this track, I think it annoyed me, but then I think I might love it a bit like i was i was this way with olives for years so i am never really understanding if I adore them or I just really hate them the answer to that question I'll reveal after we've listened to this dang
1: <laughs> dang <laughs>
0: Dang. Dang, that's called. It's a I don't care who politic. that band was called, but uh, what,
1: what, what, do you like olives?
0: <laughs> do I like what? Olives. Olives? Yes, yes, I do. I do. I, I very much like olives. As long as they haven't got a stone, it ruins the whole pot for me if I'm eating through and then there's there's a little fucking stone
1: hiding in there. Do you eat. Do you spit meat? or swallow it if that happens? Are you a spitter think, or a swallower? Well, I don't really like olives.
0: Well done for not falling into that (laughs) glaringly obvious trap.
1: You don't don't like bananas bananas
0: either. Uh, Bananas, they're they're funny old things. They've got to be... I don't like them because of all the carbs.
1: (laughs) Potassium, but you can also get potassium from semen, so...
0: Ah. Back to spitting (laughs) or swallowing. (laughs) Dang. The who's that? Caroline Polachek. It's um, just she's a bit like tune yards Tunyards, or, or other kind of artists like that. Just does just really interesting stuff. But that oh. that's that's a-listed on Six Music. But that sound. Dang, dang,
1: dang. <laughs> dang. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it sort of sounds like the nonsense my child says occasionally.
0: Maybe that that might yeah that that might be the appeal of it. But it's it's. It's a recording of her being chased by swans.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel her pain. I Hyde swans Park, are, apparently. Swans, swans, I almost said the C word. Swans are absolute <laughs> dicks. Thank you for not fuck, saying that fuck, fuck. Fuck swans. But So I, I thought,
0: you know, YouTube generation and all that. I wonder if there's the video of her being chased by swans in Hyde Park. And th- there's a video of her shouting at swans <laughs> in the park, which is just the weirdest thing. But the song's actually really cool, it's got a brilliant chorus, and it, it, it's, I love that there's people doing things like that um, and getting A-listed on, on daytime radio, because, well, we wouldn't want everything to be boring, would
1: we? No. no so. talking about boring, so we move on?
0: <laughs> right, you're going to reveal the theme for this week.
1: This week we are talking about the perfect album. Uh, what do you mean by, what do you think of a perfect album? How, how would you sort of judge the perfect album?
0: Perfect album for me is one that has the right song at the start, has the right song at the end, possibly has the right song halfway through, harking back to A-sides and B-sides of albums. But every song needs to flow perfectly. The The tension needs to build in in the first, you know, the A-side and then be be acknowledged, if not completely released by the end of the A-side b-side needs to be a slightly more gentle start to ease you back into it and then there needs to be a crescendo at the end it's 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 all about kind of building the tension but the the end it's going to be really frustrating listening to this because one of the big things for me is how the 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 transition between the end of one song and the beginning of the next and obviously we can only play 30 seconds of anything so i did consider clipping doing my clips as the end of songs and the beginning of the next but it just sounded like nonsense so I need to open the I
1: drink. Like I quite like that.
0: Oh yeah. There you go. Sainsbury's, no added sugar, sugar, pineapple and grapefruit. We don't have sponsors.
1: But if you want to sponsor a Sainsbury's, we're open to it. But I don't want to pay the tax for importing things into Finland. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I came up and I grew up much more in the CD era, where I think that uh, A-side and B-side stuff got thrown out. Um, so for me, I sort of look for more of a comprehensiveness from an album, um, rather than, you know, every album has peaks and troughs, but I also look for consistency, I'd say, is one of the, the key things for me. Um, I, I, I eschewed, I try to avoid the obvious choices uh, um, and go for some more... Controversial ones, maybe questionable ones, uh, personal ones, and um, you know, like obvious choice. I wonder, Pinkerton by Weezer was out up there for a while for me, which I think is just one of the most magnificent albums ever. But I just feel like amongst those people who like Pinkerton um, or like Weezer, Pinkerton's so obvious. And if you're if you're Weezer are big enough and loud enough that if you're into that you'll know it so what's the point of talking about it um, so God, my, my choices are the
0: complete opposite of that <laughs> this is actually i've got quite a set of accessible choices for a change
1: oh i went uh, almost unaccessible i think It's really
0: surprised by your choices so let's have the first one of them <laughs> I've never heard that before
1: in all my life. What is it? That is The Clash Something About England. Uh, it is. We're going to have to name the albums for this. Yeah, the album is from Sandinista, which is their uh, fourth album, the one on after London Calling and before Combat Rocks. And it is such a journey, that album. Um, that was the album that made me realise, like when they did the remastered versions recently, I bought the CD, um, Or I say recently, in the last ten years, excuse me, I bought the CD and they had sort of gapped it on the CD, like you were swapping from uh, A to B side. Really? So uh, yeah, and they'd done it really, sort of really nicely, and it made me realise, and it sort of refreshed my ears. It gave me time Mm -hmm. for my ears to wake up, and I heard songs that I'd never heard before. But it's um, beside that, it's long been my favourite. Uh, Clash album, partly because I've listened to all the other Clash albums to death so much, but also that it is a time capsule. It is like it is perfect. It's it's such an honest piece of music making. They were throwing everything at the kitchen sink. They just put everything on there. And as far as I know, everything they recorded and they finished, they put on that album. And there's some tragically bad stuff on that album, particularly the last side um of the vinyl like uh they got their kids to sing career opportunities which is one of their big songs from the first their first album. why Why would you do that it's 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 terrible it's terrible but they also got a friend of theirs they said there's one there's a song called one more time and um immediately after that song plays they play the they do they get their got their friend to remix and do a dub version of it mikey dread i think did the remix well that's quite Um, interesting yeah so as an experiment it's such a unique peak experiment and it's it's um there's some sort of and i i really there's something about england as a song i really really love that song because it's about um how basically the i would call the lumpen proletariat not the proletariat but the lumpen proletariat has continuous continuously been fucked over by being sent to war for the empire um, endlessly, and it's uh, this idea that the bum in the street is this person who is ageless and has always been there. Um, and Joe Strummer plays that part with a with a plum. Um Is that and, why it's
0: sort of a bit pitchy?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I don't know if it's a bit pitchy. Is it a bit pitchy?
0: Oh, the singing's the singing's a bit a bit
1: wavery. Oh, it's well. Not... He... He's all. I mean, I don't know if that's, but that was just Joe Strummer. Maybe he's not used to trying to hold a note. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it's such a magnificent album in that it's warts and all. It is. It's it's so much more less less than. uh, So much more than we're trying to craft this perfect piece of pop, which London Calling was. And it's so much more. We're just. We're just throwing shit at the wall, and you know how do you, how do you follow up a masterpiece like London calling uh some people like Kendrick Lamar when he 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 fell up with, uh, to Pimper Butterfly he he ramped everything down back to like a classic to sort of more of a classic sound whereas the clash just went fucking crazy and i think that's so much more interesting they just they just really went for their uh whatever um a lot of the people on that album a lot of the musicians actually the the bassist and drummer uh on, or at least the basis on some of the tracks is the basis from, um, what's it called, uh, Ian Jury's and uh, the Blockheads. Oh,
0: it, it, I, I was really surprised that I've just made a note actually that I think weak and weird follow up albums is, is a good topic for a future episode because <laughs> I, can, I can think of several. I'm not, yeah. not going to name them now, but there's quite a lot where bands almost purposely ruined their own hype, as it were. But yeah, Sandinista, I've never read anything positive about it. <laughs> and Clash fans, I'm friends with, are very wary of it. And yet I know it's got some really, really strong songs on it. And I, I like the idea of, I like the idea of them just getting this through the A&R, because they're on Capital One, they? they're on a major, they had a big label. Yeah,
1: they and they also... They were also one of those bands who sort of put a thing on it saying this can, this has only been, you know, along with uh, London Calling, this has to be sold for the the price of a single album. So they lost a lot of money on it. Um, I believe. That's kind of wonderful. And I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why people are so, I mean, you got some people who go, oh, it's not punk. And I was just sort of like.
0: "Ah, Shit about ah, that that argument is the least interesting argument about any music.
1: I messing. just think it's a magnificent album because it's warts and all, and it has some genius, like bits of pop, you know, sort of pop perfection that only Mick Jones could do. And then it's just got some really weird uh, mistakes. And I don't know. I just like I, I it's my album. It's the Clash album that I still put on. When you say um, mistakes, what you mean like missed notes or? Oh no, not missed notes, but more like um, just things that people shouldn't hear, like kids. <laughs> <laughs> children singing career opportunities uh,
0: things people shouldn't hear
1: all <laughs> right we'll leave we'll
0: leave that as the final the final kind of word on on uh sandinista then um and we'll move on to my first choice this was a difficult one for me because it's a band that I have mentioned here before and I do not listen to anymore but I still think this is a perfect album and when I when I asked emma what albums I should include on my list. This was the first one she said as well. So here's a little bit of it. You looked yeah, interested a lot at of first. Beatles. You looked you looked interested at first, then you sort of drifted away a bit. I was almost expecting isn't you to wander a frame.
1: Isn't that isn't that what happens with uh psychedelic music, like Very <laughs> sounded very sixties for me.
0: Uh can you do you want to take a guess
1: at who who it is? Uh the Beatles spelt with two E's.
0: <laughs> no, it's the stone roses. Uh, they they had this I'm I'm realising as I grow up that I like Sometimes I think I like the aesthetic and ideas around a band more than I like the music they make. And one of the things that the Stone Roses did, uh, sorry, that's called Don't Stop. And it's um, it's off the, technically, the second album, which is just the eponymous, the the Stone Roses. And they had this thing that I really liked where they do backwards versions of their songs. So you'd get, there's a single called Made of Stone. And on the B-side, it was the same song played backwards but with like different vocal tracks and a few bits of mm-hmm. treatment, but the, the reverse version is called Gurunika. And it is one of the most amazing, haunting, weird, brilliant songs ever. So I just might, in fact, say I don't listen to this. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to Gurunika after this. And so that, that's a backwards <clears throat> version of their song, Waterfall. And I just thought, I just think it's a cool thing to do. But the, the this album starts very gently with a song called I Want to Be Adored and kind of lifting you into it. And the beginning of side B is a song about shooting the queen, but the instrumentation is um, strawberry fair, uh, so it's, it's sung to sung to that, which is weird, having mm. like a, a bit of folk in the middle of it. And then the end is the big rip roaring massive finale, which I've, I've played on here before on our guitar solos episode. Oh man, God, sorry, you talk. I need to breathe for a minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's what you said before uh, um, you played the track, I think, about sort of albums that you don't listen to anymore. Uh, you know, how many of these choices did you uh, have you made recently, at least being your favourite albums? Because there's there are quite a few albums that I used to think of, of as sort of perfect albums that I've changed my mind about. Um, and just sort of, I've become much more I went much more for sort of, yeah, albums that I, I mean, I haven't even listened to a lot of these recently, but I went for albums that sort of elicit a feeling. And, um, you know, I, I yeah, I, I would have gone for something like Green Day Dookies or Dookie Dookies yeah. or, you know, a sort of, even would even say Metallica Black Album is their best album as an album um, album. Um, I'm really in the controversial sort of idea today it seems The Clash Sandinista, Moussaka's Black Album What else? Um, well, yes, write letters to us I'm trying to invite I'm trying to invite criticism um, and controversy I
0: think I've probably overthought this list because you're, you're completely right These I'm looking at them now and they're albums I've always loved but it's not wrong, though. I, I nearly put Jesus and Mary Chain on there because one of the things I like about doing this podcast is that it, it makes me listen to music I haven't either haven't heard mm. before or mm-hmm. haven't heard for a while. So we talked about Jesus and Mary Chain last time and I went off and listened to the whole of Monkey several times. And I very nearly chose that because I think that album is almost perfect. But then there's a lot of albums that are almost perfect but don't quite don't quite I didn't choose them because there's a few duff bits. Hmm. Songs for the Songs for the Dead, uh, Songs for the Deaf, rather by Queen to the Stone Age, is a perfect album if they left if they had a left off the last three songs, which are just weak as hell. In fact, it, well, it would have just finished so nicely.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what I'm talking about. It's like I, it, it needs the consistency needs to be there. Like um, I love every single track on Guns and Roses Appetite for Destruction and Tool, uh, Sweet Child of Mine, and I can't remember anything about the songs after sweet child of mine the album stops there for <laughs> that's when you lean just... over
0: and press stop
1: yeah I, I, or you know or i got to that point when i was when i was first introduced to that album when i was 10 uh by my brother and i just got to the point where i just listened to that song over and over and over and over and over again but nothing it never really got past that on you know
0: my, my dad used to do this thing um when tapes were a thing, he we always, he always used to make tapes for the car because obviously you couldn't put a record in a car <laughs> and he'd, he'd do versions of albums, but the way he preferred them to be. So he'd have an album he'd just leave off songs he didn't like. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. he, he would only like, you know, like, um, Black Magic Woman by Santana. He only liked the second half of, of the song. He didn't like the first half. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't realize for years that that song even had a first half because he would fade them in. Because you know when you were making a tape, you, you, had, you had to do the levels, which it just seems so so weird now. So he'd like he'd gradually fade it in. And if there's an end of a song he didn't like, it just faded out. So it, t- it took me a while to realize that some of the albums I thought I knew, I didn't. I was like, wow, there's this whole other bit to it
1: well this i mean that's uh, i so i never i i when i i made i used to when we lived uh abroad when we were when i was a teenager getting really really into music i used to make these tapes to listen to on the hour-long bus to school and back and, Hour long. yeah maybe 40 minutes um and it was and because i don't yeah, you know, and uh, and so I, I, but I, the way I would make takes is that if I got really, really into a song, that song on one side probably be almost every other song. I you it just again. put to on
0: You just put it on again and again. You put like the same song on loads of times in a row. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, no, like every other song. I would like, vary it and then come back to it. Not a complete fucking
0: monster. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. I love that. I'm, I'm going to make a little note of that to put that as one of the clips because I think that's adorable. Um, <laughs> our school bus was about half an hour and we used, they used to have the radio on sometimes, but I couldn't really hear music because it was just chaos. School bus. I, I've got this memory of it being like a, just a riot and it probably wasn't.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't listen to the music all the time, but a lot of the time I did, um, particularly when they changed the bus route and therefore it was uh, me and a few other people. There was a certain point where some of the person that you sit next sat next to went off and therefore you just left alone. Sometimes I couldn't wait for them to leave. I <laughs> sort of wanted to listen to the stuff.
0: We uh, the repeated songs. I was trying to think if I ever had one that I did that for, and I borrowed the seven inch of stand by REM of a friend and just listened to it again and again and again and again. I must have listened to it, I don't know how many times, until my dad came up and said, please, you a very nice man, my dad. Please mm-hmm. do not play that song. I do not wish to hear it ever again. And he probably did say it kind of much like that, but that song, and it still makes me feel a bit queasy if I think about it now, because I just, I just couldn't suck in enough of it. I just couldn't mm-hmm. get over it comes on the yeah. radio now and it triggers me i'm like <laughs> i've overdone it i've done too much
1: <laughs> yeah i i can't i can't remember what i used to do that. what songs i used to do that i probably it's probably quite embarrassing stuff oh, i'd
0: love to know yeah. that that would thrill me i might be able to find some of this stuff out because i've bought, I've bought a bought tape deck because um because i'm a That's noise what music kids
1: listen to these days <laughs> yeah
0: because i'm a noise music wanker I'm, I'm releasing a couple of eps on tape so I bought this beautiful '70s tape deck, and I've got—I think I've got all my tapes from when I was a teenager in the loft. And that would be
1: that would, that would that would be an interesting uh, documentary episode for you to do. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's not a bad idea, is it? All hissy as as fuck. though. <laughs> it's one of the things I've, I've been on a bunch of tape albums over the last few years, which I've not listened to. Well, I've heard the like the version on Bandcamp, but I have started listening to them now, and I forgot how hissy tapes are. But it, it's I sort was,
1: of... Yeah. There's a like a, if you got a Dolby thing, there's a thing that will cut out that hiss, apparently.
0: Apparently, can't it. Here we are, twenty twenty four, revealing the majesty of uh Dobbly.
1: I I, I I uh I hate tapes, so I was glad to see the end of them.
0: I, I loved mini discs, but they weren't around for long enough. But before we,
1: uh, mini discs were cool. But yeah, uh, tapes. I, just, I did not get when they made a comeback within the punk rock scene. I just sort of stood there, just going. And it's. It, I find it so upsetting. I recorded an EP with a band called Modern Shakes uh, before I left the UK. We have an album coming out. Go and check it out, people. They're nice people. Um, and
0: I saw their stickers in the toilet.
1: Yeah, and. Um, and uh the it was only released on tape, so I have this cassette tape <laughs> you
0: can't listen to
1: of the of like the only physical release I think I've ever been on uh, you, because everything else i've been on is been uh, uh, everything else i've recorded has been released digitally, so um the only physical release I have of my own stuff of music I've played on, and i don't wanna I'm not gonna buy a fucking tape machine. I maybe thing, next time I come to Ipswich maybe I'll bring it
0: with me. One of the things I, I quite liked about about the process of, of doing it is, for one thing, the tapes are really, really cheap. Oh. I liked the accessibility of it. I liked the fact, well, the tapes cost me like 80 pence each. And then uh, a friend sent me a, um, a template and the the insert, I just got six by four photos printed and learned where to fold them. And the process of actually making every single tape, recording it, you know, in real time separately, I actually found quite a pleasing process. Having this stack of tapes on my desk, they're still there because I missed Bandcamp Friday. <laughs> I mean, I was like, right, I'll, I'll, I'll release it on Bandcamp Friday. I was like, oh, it's today. Like, I'm not going to release it today. But I, I it, appealed, it, the DIY ethic of it appealed to me. And you, you give everyone a download code, so no one actually, I don't think anyone actually listens to the tape. I can mm-hmm. just. Put this podcast on it or something. Hey, should we do a Beat Motel
1: podcast tape? No. Yeah. Why, why don't you say it? Why, why don't you say it a your... Just the swearing bit. Yeah. All all the c words. Actually, it would
0: just be System of a Down, wouldn't it? Um, I I didn't have time to do it today. I've, I've got I've got something fun I'm going to do with a System of a Down song, but I didn't have time today, unfortunately. We ought to move on to the next choice, which is this. <laughs> This band, go on, who is
1: it? uh, It's a band called Daughters.
0: I got sent a Daughters CD. I'm fairly sure when Beat Motel was a paper zine, and I put it in, and I really hated it. And I really visited them and went, this is horrendous. This is unlistenable nonsense. When I was setting up this podcast last night and heard that clip, that is incredible. (laughs) That music is and it started and i was like right i love the kind of swirling i love the way the bass is like woo. woo. and then it does this the stopping bit i'm going to play it again holy crap <laughs> that is that is one of the most amazing things i've heard for, for months and months possibly years as a production trick that's just Wow! Thank you for bringing that into my life. That that's incredible.
1: Well, here's the other side of it: um, is that they are horrible people. (laughs) Well, it seems like the singer is a complete Um, arsehole. They disbanded in 2022, I think 2021, uh, for the second time because the singer was. Uh, accused of, let me get this. Um, oh, do I want to accused know? of domestic abuse and rape throughout their relationship oh, with save. the singer, um, with a musician, uh, Kristen Hater, who is better known as Lingua in- Go- in- um and and I remember them, and uh, they had released this album in 2022, which was. Um, lauded by like all. I mean, they got it's called You Won't Get What You Want, and it was and they sort of blew up. No, that album was in 2018, and they sort of blew up. Um, they got they got like quite big off the back of that album. They were on Ipecac Records, and they had got, um, you know, they got good reviews from everything. And they got, who I won,
0: think, who owns Ipecac? Uh,
1: fa- um. Not fat uh, Mike, obviously. Mike Pass- Patton, isn't it? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, and they won Hydrahead beforehand. Um, and that's where I that's where I knew them from. Then Hydrahead. And that album, whilst it got all these big reviews, but I don't think it. And he was sort of going into like he obviously can't sing. What, what's what's was the name of the album? Uh, you won't get what you want. Can you hear me typing it? Yeah. So so. Um, but I, I, they did this really interesting thing. Is that they they've been around since the early two thousands. They had three albums before that: Canada Songs, Hell Songs, and the album that we're talking about, he- Daughters, which is self titled. And excuse me, um, the, the that album they sort of went from uh, math rocky sort of uh, deluge escape plan chaos hardcore stuff. Um, really fast really chaotic really noisy and then this daughter's album was like a deconstruction of it's such a good album it's a deconstruction of basically sort of math noise rocks noise rock and it's put back together that song is called the hitch you know because it's sort of probably one of the more accessible things on the album but the whole album is sort of put together through these amazing pieces of uh uh sort of interesting guitar work and production and sort of not as chaotic drums and sort of um and the, the saddest thing to me is that these three musicians who are the drummer the guitarist nick sadler who is an amazing uh, guitarist and uh the bassist uh they lose their career because they're singer and this has happened time and time and time again they lose their career because some asshole, you know the, the singer turns out to be a complete back and I wanted to highlight how good that album is um daughters because I think it's a it's one of those lost masterpieces that doesn't get lauded enough um and i didn't want i don't think I was at a party a kid's party the other month um last month or two months ago I was at a kid's party and they put on michael jackson and I think it's sort of unfair in a way of if Michael Jackson can, if Michael Jackson's music is acceptable post his, uh, you know his 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 crimes, um, if they're crimes or not, but acceptable past his deeds, and if people still are acceptable to listen, to find Wagner acceptable, I am you know I think music, you know. I don't associate this body of music with that singer. I think that singer was the always the weakest part of that act. But he sold it well. He was like that classic hardcore frontman who went to extremes. He did the whole David Yao thing. Um where he like he would cut himself on stage and stuff like that and smash his head into a microphone and all this sort of stuff at uh and threaten the audience and all this sort of stuff. And um yeah, um end of end of my sort of rant is i don't want this album to be forgotten because it's a masterpiece of noise rock american noise rock particularly and it's probably the best yeah it's probably one of the best examples of um how they sort of reinvent they could actually find a new sound within the whole thing and you know, they got back together. They went in a slightly more, a slightly different direction. And, um, and the singer, you know, the singer got into a bad relationship and did what sounds like horrible things, whether he did them or not. I think the jury's still out on that, but, um, it's still, you know, it's still a pretty fucking terrible place. Uh, to lose music, if we accept Michael Jackson, as an is, is uh, uh, if we accept Michael Jackson's body of work, I think we should accept or and Wagner's body of work and all these other people who've been musicians. What's the problem with Wagner? Oh, anti semite, quite, 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 quite racist. Um,
0: <laughs> it's a difficult question, and it's one that yeah, I think does need to be discussed. But probably not right now. <laughs> but no, I, I, I agree entirely. That that album, I'm, I'm going to look it up. It sounds like a really angry version of "These Arms Are Snakes."
1: Well, the way I, I the way I sort of pictured it is that their first two albums, Hell Songs and Canada, Canada is it Canada, Canada Songs and Hell Songs. They sort of they like like really scrappy cage fighters. This song is like this album, Daughters, is when they're at the Like I don't know why um, that sort of AEW or that mixed martial arts sort of world, you know, where people kick their heads in and everybody watches. I don't know why that comes to mind with this band, but it does. And then Daughters is where they just rule everything. That self-titled album is just where you rule everything. And then they came back in 2018, and it's all about the threat, but with no actual, like no actual violence with it. The last. Dorses is all about, like, just controlling violence and controlling um, stuff and not actually needing to go as crazy as they did. They've learned technique, they've learned how to control it. And then you won't get what you want with this album where they sort of went, we we just need to look at people to sort of make them feel threatened. Um, We don't need that level of chaos. We don't even need to punch people anymore for them to run away.
0: The throat of things. It's really interesting to me because there, there's an accusation, an accusation of the kind of the beigeness and the, and the blandifying of music. And I hadn't really given it much to, thought until I saw a band from Brighton called Dits, and the singer had, he wasn't malevolent and he wasn't aggressive. There was just something that made it really compelling. He came into the audience the longest mic lead i've ever seen i had to like take it off people's necks and things but there was something i was like yeah this is sort of angry in a way that that i don't i don't identify with and i don't really understand but it made for quite a thrilling performance and i thought yeah no, i remember seeing bands so many bands that i'd just be when i was younger i'd just be shit scared of
1: <laughs> and at the time
0: i did, i don't think i had the emotional sort of maturity to to deal with it now i'm like yeah good show <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you get a, you don't really get it in metal. If it's in metal, it's a bit pantomime and a bit a bit daft, I think.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, oh. I I feel like people who get involved in sort of the nastiest side of punk rock um, have, have some damage they're working through.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm absolutely not endorsing it. I'm just saying that you know it's it's to to have it's you need light and dark. You need shades in music. And yeah, you know, we'd all end up sounding like Britney Spears if everyone was just trying to shave the, the corners off all the time. But um, horrible people have no place. That's it, really. <laughs> let's let Let's move on. Let's move on to this. Hearing that come to an end,
1: I so today is uh, there's a lot of cloud in Helsinki, and I was lucky enough to catch the sunrise at about ten past nine um, this morning hell, 10 when I past dropped yeah uh, drop my kid off at you know uh, what's it called in England? I'm going to get otherwise my friends get very upset when I call it daycare, uh, day prison, indigo day day prison. Um, I dropped my my child off, and uh, they had this really low cloud, and and then you have a quite like in the distance, obviously, a landscape, and the sun was just coming up, and that I was going, oh, what is the sound of that vision? And that's the sound <laughs> of the vision of like the sun coming up on a on a on a grey sky, and and uh, just sort of involving everything in this warm orange glow. It was magnificent. What an album. Well done, Andrew.
0: Yeah, so that, that's um, a band called Torch, spelled with an E on the end, and the album's Meanderthal. And we saw them on the, when they released this. We saw them supporting Pelican in Brighton. And this album, just every single track is perfect. And the end yeah. of every track fits perfectly with the beginning of the next track. There isn't a weak second on that album. And it's so, you're right, it's really uplifting. It's, it's a really up album, really positive even the sort of the slower songs on it have just got this wonderful drive to them, and that sound. When when they came out, they was another Hydra Head band. They sounded like they'd come from another planet. I'd yeah. never heard anything that sounded like Torch before in in any way. Just the just the oral the oral or with an A, the oral aesthetic of them. Nowadays they're a bit more sort of straight up metal, and I'm, I've sort of wandered away a bit. But but that album, <clears> but <throat> there's something that's always fascinated me about the very very beginning of that album and i i it's got this came out years ago meanderthal and it's i think they were taking the piss out of queens of the stone age so last night when i was preparing these clips i thought i'm going to put this to bed once and for all and i'm going to find out if it's my imagination or if they're actually taking the piss so i've prepared something to explore this so let's hear just the very beginning say this is the very beginning of meanderthal by torch listen to the the vocal the ah uh, bit uh. right so there's that and then this is the beginning of queens of the stone age album think of era vulgaris uh. I mean that is, it's the same thing, isn't it? Obviously, it goes very different after that. But Queen's Stone Age album came out just maybe six months, a year before Torch One, I think.
1: It's interesting. It's just sort of a similar opening chord, and then you know they obviously put some dissonance on the Queen's Stone Age, whereas the Torch just go for just go for the uplifting and (laughs) you you know, you're, you're right. There's a, there's an aspect of it, which um, not a lot of, it's nice. It was like, it's nice to hear sort of like, you don't have to just always go for the minor keys to be heavy. You can also go just sort of like actually quite uplifting. And I remember getting that album. I couldn't figure out if it was metal or pop punk. Um,
0: yeah yeah good point you know you
1: need you need i needed to sort of categorize it rather than just let it be in itself now i've sort of matured a bit i can just let it be in itself and it's a magnificent just a magnificent body of work and they never you know it's that one of those ones that for me again as well they never just never quite reached that peak again
0: they they is it they've developed they're still going i mean i there's so much i love about the band I, i watched I watched um, a rig rundown because when we saw them, the guy who was playing bass is now the guitarist, mm. and they've also they've, the singer is is openly gay and openly gay singer in a metal band. he's the only one I can think of. <laughs> Literally, just can't think of anyone else. Oh, can can you?
1: Oh,
0: of course, <laughs> yeah, Rob Halford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I watched a, I watched a rig rundown, and one of the things I like about torch is the guitarist is you know rig rundown videos where like they they speak to people on the stage and they're talking Mm -hmm. about their amps and their pedals and stuff and i have never known someone be so geeky about amps he builds his own amps and the level of detail he was going into even the presenter was like dial it back mate (laughs) you're gonna be a a deep here i know it's a gear It's a gear thing, but, you know, it's talking about the, the temperature of the valves in, in the amp and controlling <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And it's like, whoa, dial it back. Um, incidentally, one, one of the best rigged out rundowns I've ever seen was um, scree- Oh, no, uh, Who did um, Skate or Die? It wasn't Screeching, was it? Who was it? birds. No, shit. God, that's really upset me. Skate or Die. Teenage Bowl Rocket. Uh, yeah. and uh, the rig rundown for teenage ball rocket is literally the guitarist goes well this is my guitar this is my lead the lead goes into the amp <laughs> That's it. there's nothing else got, like no like massive pedal board like you see you see bands like god is an astronaut and it's like well these are my three double-decker pedal boards with my 150 pedals on them and stuff and, like yeah, teenage ball rocket is like i plug in then i play <laughs> like that's it. brilliant <laughs> but yeah if, if I- you haven't if you haven't heard that torch album, go listen to it. It's called Meanderthal, and it's incredibly accessible. It, it's one of the metal albums that I can I can get away with putting on at home. I won't be able to get away with putting darts on. That will just be the forbidden music. That'll just be for you, you and me, Sam.
1: <laughs>
0: right? Should we move on, or is there anything else you yeah. want to say? No, no.
1: I love that album. Okay, n- another, That's cool. another... that was going to be one of the ones I, I picked. I just oh, I wow. thought you might pick that one as well. So I wouldn't, but. <laughs>
0: It's almost like we know each other.
1: You're my friend. Oh,
0: right, let's let's have your next one, because this one surprised me as well. I hate Gary Bischel. Jim Davidson makes me sick. Why do they get a platform? Because me, I'd have none of it. I hate Bernard Manning. And Roy Chubby Brown. I to in a Social Club and burn that fucker down. I hate the Daily Record. <laughs> Just go
1: on. Here is that. Um... That is uh Grunts versus the insidious right-wing conspiracy. Um uh, Newtown Grunts were a short, fairly short-lived uh band from Scotland, uh somewhere Blender Office, I think. Um in Scotland and they were sort of a small army of people and they played I would say sort of pop punk but also they had three vocalists they had a female vocalist they had a pop singer vocalist and a gruff vocalist and um, they all sort of contributed their own things and their harmonies were sort of charmingly off off uh, and they wrote great pop songs um, in the pop punk style and they had this sort of chaotic energy when I saw them my brother got into them because my brother went to Edinburgh University and my brother got into them when because uh, they were a local band there he, he sort of gave me their album and um, uh, I went to I don't really get it and then I went to see them um, at the, uh, the Free But in Brighton, Long live the Free Buck, Um and um, they passed around a bottle of Buckfast which is uh, <laughs> I fucking I, I remember you telling me this, go on uh they put they passed it round. They would they would tour with cases of buckfast to pass around the gigs. A tonic wine for anybody who's uh who who doesn't oh, know what buckfast is, Don't let your children drink it, don't drink it yourself. <laughs> friends don't let
0: power. friends don't let friends drink buckfast.
1: <laughs> Indeed. But I love this album. I actually absolutely absolutely love this album and it's it's one of those sort of moments and I don't listen to it. Like you with um the Stone Roses, I don't listen to it anymore and um that much I I haven't spent years not listening to it and and I it is an album of nostalgia for me nowadays. and I don't expect anybody to to get it the production is a production very much of its time cheap production of its time but I love that album and it was for a while when I was in the punk when I was really really into sort of punk stuff uh you know sort of pop, pop punk stuff it was for a long time one of my favorite albums um to the point where uh, I got a T-shirt of theirs and I cut out. They had a Newtown Grunts logo in, in the style of Superman and the T-shirt was always too small for me. And so I cut it out and put the patch, Newtown Grunts pa- patch on my, the back of my leather jacket. Oh, that's, God, that's so cool. Um,
0: it's a name that I, obviously, I remember you talking a lot about them at the time. And they do pop up. It's a name that pops up every now and then in in the most surprising places. But I I can see that there's a real charm to that. And it's not how I remember them sounding at all, that clip. Um, We are, I think I say this at the 53-minute mark every episode, but we are running out of time, so we're going to move on. So I, there's no chance you're going to know who that is, is there? No. no okay. No. Well, we were speaking earlier about bands with singers who alienate themselves from everyone, and here's another one. Um, this is Manson, and oh their, their album, Attack of the Grey Lantern, was, was the other one that both Emma and I agreed is a perfect album. And I was trying to think why, and it's indie from mid-'90s indie, but I think the reason it's so perfect is at the time – just before the Britpop thing was really starting to, to gain momentum, a lot of music was getting really bland again, and it was getting really safe and really normal. And Attack of the Grey Lantern came out, and Manson were kind of scrappy when they started. Paul Draper, the singer, was an NME journalist, I think. Um, I only say he's 18 people because I know people who have worked with him, and, and he's a challenging man, I think. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but the, the, their album came out, and it just had more thought. It had more love put into the production. One of the things I loved about Blur is that Blur on, especially B-sides, would just kind of fuck around with sounds and sort of really experiment. I mean, God, they'd put the wassailing song as a B-side or they'd put like weird musical numbers. And Manson didn't do any of that. But that album, the transitions between the songs, again, perfect. Absolutely perfect. They just got more. It it felt really rewarding. It still does feel really rewarding as an album because it gifts the – it gives gifts so many nice little things. Self-produced album as well. Uh, it gifts so many nice things to the listener. So many little things like it's because of that album that we did a Zeeb album and then spent a day putting things on the album that you'd only be able to hear through headphones. It's that that level of detail. is, is This is the album that inspired me, uh, inspired us to do that. Um, hmm. it, and it still stands up, still a good album. And it, it became the album that we would always listen to this album when we were helping friends move. So when you're sort of just coming out of college time, everyone seems always, there was somebody moving <laughs> for some reason. And that just became the song that was the album that we always put on while we were helping friends move house. So it's got like an emotional connection as well, but it's just loads of really cool, cool stuff about that. album. The next one was um, a concept album about AA a. Milne. <laughs> just. just weird. I mean like I really yeah okay I might I might save that one for the uh, weird follow up. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, but, weird follow ups yeah.
0: Hmm, cool. All right, let's move on. Unless you got anything to say about Manson?
1: No, I don't know bestness. So
0: It's good. It's but, solid. It's solid pop. I think that's probably the best way to say it. I think that the the indie label has now become something that I think is quite derisory. Um certainly if if I see a band call themselves indie, I probably won't listen to them. <laughs> but th- th- this, is when,
1: this is when... Well, it changes, de- though, what indie is and what indie was and so on and so forth, doesn't it?
0: Indie, when, when I was a teenager, was a band that wasn't on a major label. That simple. But then yep. you, you'd start to say, well, Factory were huge, so were they really an indie? And then people would call bands that are on Sire indie bands. I'm like, Well, Sire's a part of is it Warner Brothers... Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But it, it was postcard records. At, you know, that's what they were called. So it was, it was all these, well, just small labels doing stuff. But then there loads of fake small labels came out. So the Verve, or when they were still called Verve, were signed to Hut, And Hutt was like, hey, we're an indie label. And they weren't They were owned by Sony or someone like that. So it all started to just become a nonsense. And then indie became what a friend of mine uh, calls landfill indie. <laughs> So you had bands like Keen and whatever, they were just record labels were just shitting the stuff out by then. It just, just became a template. Here's what we're gonna cack out this this month. But I'd I'd recommend li- giving it a listen. What um Attack of the Grey Lantern by Manson. It's it's production's wonderful. It's a really, really nice album. So let's go on to your next track, which um I've gotta say did get someone in my family saying, Is this Sam's choice?
1: I mean, really,
0: God. oh it, that that Dif- different vocals different guitar distortion that's just black metal in it put a load of reverb on that guitar
1: well that was white Sons from the album <clears throat> totem the song is clairvoyant that is what i i would say it's much more emotionally to me that's much more emotionally engaged than a lot of black metal and but there is sort of a there is a level of uh, uh, it comes much more to me like a incredibly like a black almost a black metal version of uh emo i guess but there are bands these (laughs) days that sort of do that do engage in that sort of like uh emo black metal sort of crossover particularly the vocal sort of side of things but that album is my answer of what do you listen to when your country has just voted to leave the eu (laughs) i was so upset i was so upset when that vote come I went down um, and I just listened to that album and cried.
0: It's an incredible sound. And, and it's, it's when I was a teenager, I was just, oh, it's just easy nonsense. Now, believe me, having been in noisy stuff now, <laughs> there's, there's so much skill. <laughs> there's yeah. so, so much skill to it.
1: That, that album, that album is, is, to me, it, like, I, I, I can't think of many albums that sound as nihilistic as that, just destroy everything.
0: We have a saying in in the noise scene: "In the red or go to bed."
1: <laughs> and, and you know they've done whole album noise albums where they've just got rid of all the guitars and the the drums and stuff like that. Because there's synths on that. There's a lot of like um, you know stuff, the bleepy blocky stuff that you do. Bloody amazing! I think you'd really like some of the stuff. Uh, my friend Jay does
0: um his, his Italian books, and he he's from a, a hardcore band called Volunteers, who they're pretty popular and his so he sings well you know he vocalizes and it's when people seen it a couple of times the first time people are a bit like whoa what is this it's like essentially a middle-aged man he always looks like he's humping a picnic table because one of the weird things in the noise scene is everyone we use picnic tables or like for putting our stuff on because there's always loads of things and to the extent that one of the synth companies called teenage engineering a company from sweden They've actually got these tables as a part of their range now. But it's so aggressive. And he, he, the way he, he performs is so, so intense that the table always moves across the room while he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, oh, God, I love him. Uh, but the second time people see it, they're like, I get it. the sound engineer, Gareth, my bandmate, the second time he did sound and I put on Italian books, he just went, I get it. Totally get it now. Because when, when you're immersed in it, it's so... It's, it's really hard to, to translate that into a recording, but live, it's just, it's so cool. Right. Now I think the total... that's
1: the point that, that they do, they translate, they manage to capture something so incredible in that, record, mm. that recording session. That's um, what makes that it... so
0: interesting, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Going to go the other end of the scale now. Jesus, Jesus. I think if That's you're nice. if if the album if that that White Suns album is the rage album when you've sort of cried yourself out and you sort of just need a, just catching your breath like that this is the album to put on it's uh, <laughs> do, do you want to have a guess who who it is
1: Emperor uh, yeah I'm being comical again uh
0: this is one of those bands that I think each time I play something by them you go oh I didn't realize I didn't realise they could sound like that. Um, it's the Velvet Underground. Oh, and it's the okay. album, The Velvet Underground. Um, it's the best Hangover album in the world. <laughs> it's so nice. It's such a such a nice album. The reason I chose it is not, not just because that makes me sound like an alcoholic, but <laughs> that is how I discovered it. Actually, I, I had it in the record shop, and I, I had to go into the into the record shop after I'd been out on a on a, a late night with um. <laughs> it was a, a, a client's business Christmas due, and I had to go into the shop and I felt like death. I felt so bad. And I put this album on, I realized the pace of the album is the perfect hammer because it's so gentle at the start and then it builds up and it doesn't, it never really like reaches a massive crescendo, but it, it just cajoles you along, just reminds you that everything's okay. And you yeah, you say that's, that's a, it's just a lovely song. It's so gentle. And so it's sparse without being, why are nuts. they saying
1: Jesus?
0: They just, although oh, it's, it's a cheese cheese themed album.
1: Oh, that's, so, that's good for hangovers.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the first song is called Roquefort. The second song is called Cambozola. The third song, <laughs> I'm just going to carry on trying to think of names of cheeses then. <laughs> oh, the little cheeses. The baby cheeses. Like
1: the baby cheeses. <laughs> like a, a baby bell in Jesus yeah. shape. <laughs>
0: uh but yeah I, I, there's another one i recommend i mean it's funny because i don't recommend like every album or every song that that i suggest to this because i'm sort of bringing i'm always bringing songs to to the table just for discussion mm-hmm. but yeah out of my four choices today torch meanderthal go listen to it manson wide open space i'd say it's worth a listen i'm not I don't think necessarily something that will become one of your favorites but the Velvet Underground, I, the Velvet Underground, absolutely listen.
1: I would say to anybody who's listened to the Clash, go and reevaluate Sandinista if you don't like it. Uh, particularly the remastered, uh, remixed versions by uh, of recent Daughters, uh, just a great album. But uh, Grants, good luck finding it. And uh, <laughs> White Sons, if you're if you're feeling emotionally quite volatile, it's quite cathartic.
0: And then recover by listening to the Velvet Underground, Velvet Underground. Yeah. Well, that is it. We're only five minutes run running over our, our time, and well, nobody's I'm... no one's written to us, which makes me sad. I still don't miss Rodger though. No. Should we just let it peter out like yeah. a bad fade out on a song?
1: Occasional word here and there. Just to keep yeah. talking for another few minutes sparse <laughs> so, why are you <laughs> who are you why who are you people fuck you